Okay, hi, this is uh, Mohammed Azaman. Um, this is a podcast on Islamic insurance. So, uh, and the uh, motivation for this podcast is purely down to uh, being asked to say a few words on Islamic insurance and uh, in, in its contrast to conventional insurance by a partner at a major wealth management firm in the UK who was speaking to his clients about insurance and one of his clients you know has a particular interest in Islamic insurances and is concerned about the conventional insurance market because the conventional insurance life insurance critical illness cover even car insurance I mean there's uh, enormous stigma attached to them in relation to whether they are permissible for Muslims to even purchase to to uh, to protect their lifestyles or their products um, or even the services so yeah so and and now I've I've looked into this you know for some time and you know to be honest I'm I'm none the wiser in in relation to the arguments between well uh, as to whether islamic insurance as as we have it today which is takaful whether it's any more let's say beneficial or than conventional insurances yep now among the arguments that are actually made to put across or to justify the fact that justifies probably the wrong word to argue that Islamic insurance is haram, which is forbidden, is to state that conventional insurance is actually gambling, number one. The other point is conventional insurance is like interest and the Arabic term for interest. And a very loose translation is riba. Yeah, uh, being often used interchangeably with the English word interest. Yeah, and the final, you know, point. Well, actually, it's not actually necessarily the final point, but let's say the third point as to why conventional insurance is deemed to be impermissible is there is a, a concept called in Arabic gharar. Okay, and gharar actually translates to gross uncertainty and the emphasis is on the first word yep gross growth gross I mean gross uncertainty is is a particularly important factor here yeah because just uncertainty would be okay I mean the Arabic word for that is jahala yeah jahala there is uncertainty in effectively any transaction that we undertake yeah any product that we buy any service that we buy, the quality of that product for which we are purchasing, and there is uncertainty in that, yeah. Despite any guarantees that may be offered by the company, yeah. So yeah, so the question now becomes is, and the question that I've asked in the past, okay, and just logically, you know, when I when I was speaking with my own teachers in this respect is like how on earth is conventional insurance sorry it's not uh conven- sorry conventional insurance 
be it life insurance, a critical illness insurance, and, and so forth. How is it like gambling? You know, I mean, it just doesn't feel like gambling when you're buying a life insurance policy. Yeah? Because in gambling, you have a certain amount of money, let's say, that you are putting on the horses, but your intention there is to actually make a gain. Yeah? So you're actually risking something of value in the hope of making a gain. And the outcome is purely based on chance, yeah? Now, I can't say the same thing when, you're, when, I, when I purchase a life insurance policy. I mean, I have a life insurance policy for myself and my family, yeah? I mean, in the event that something terrible was to happen to me, yeah? I mean, there is a payout that gets made. I mean, if I didn't have that policy in place, then my family are beholden to the state, yeah? And will the state be able to look after my family in the same manner as if the insurance payout um, would be able to look after them? Yeah, I think not. Or what about the responsibility unto my family, my wider family, my siblings, my parents, um, the wider society even, friends, yeah? If there wasn't an insurance policy in place, would my family be, my, my wife, my children be reliant on them? Would they be morally obliged to support my family? Yeah? I mean, what impact would that ha have upon them? I mean, that, 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 those are serious type of questions. And, I, and for me, my personal belief would be the, the disadvantages, the problems of not having some type of insurance policy in place far outweighs uh, uh, not uh, sorry far outweighs any arguments to actually say that it is like gambling even though I can't see how it's like gambling yeah because when I pay a, a premium to my insurance provider yeah I mean this is probably the one thing where you're actually paying um, for that you hope you never benefit from. Yep, you, you pay a life policy, and I think my one's until the age of 70 or so, yeah, in the hope that, you know, this payout of X amount never happens because, you know, God willing, as we say, yeah, that we live beyond the term of the insurance, yeah. We have a good long life, yeah, a beneficial life for the sake of our family, for the sake of our society, yeah. So yeah, so uh, I haven't, I've never seen, you know, an argument that can categorically prove that, you know, conventional insurance is like gambling. The Arabic word for gambling is, you know, pardon my Arabic, my poor Arabic, but maisir, you know, okay. Um, so yeah, so the second issue, okay. Um, let's say, uh, what did I refer to it? Um, Riba, yeah. Riba being interest, yeah. So, an excess on the capital, let's say. You know, so, effectively, we, we know the concept of interest when we pay a, sorry, we take a loan out, and on that particular capital sum, we have to pay a certain amount of interest uh, every month um, until we, you know, redeem the loan, for instance, yeah. 
but when it comes to let's say insurance okay as a let's say um as a matter of construct of the insurance contract yeah a conventional insurance contract yeah it's not designed into the contract yeah it is uh, largely incidental because what the insurance companies do so they gather all of the premiums and they essentially put it into a bank account and if that bank account is interest bearing then by virtue of that bank account being interest bearing you know there will be interest on on that sum or let's say where insurance company takes that money some of that money goes into a a cash account some of that money actually invested in long-term securities like government bonds in the uk long-term government bonds are actually called gilts yeah and the reason why the insurance companies you know they they don't take huge amount of risk with uh insurance premiums is because of the fact that they need to have a residual fund there essentially to pay out any claims yeah? so they don't take huge amount of risk but by virtue of the fact that say they are investing in these instruments there is an element of riba yeah interest yeah i mean there is a a wider debate you know when it comes to interest as to whether small increments on a capital sum is even classed as a riba yeah but um for the purpose of this particular uh, vlog let's say yeah, podcast whatever you want to call it um we won't get into that particular debate but but yeah is it like riba in terms of uh the construct of the conventional insurance contract it seems to tend on yeah i mean the scholars allow us to uh conventional let's say uh or, or mainstream know, whatever you want to call it um uh, the position on, let's say, current accounts. I mean, we can hold a current account with Barclays or, or NatWest or, or whatever other conventional uh, bank account out there, or bank account provider out there, yeah? And on those bank accounts, there is interest. You know, it doesn't, by virtue of opening a bank account, it doesn't necessarily... Um, so by virtue of having interest applied, it doesn't necessarily... The scholars don't necessarily say that having a bank account is forbidden. Yeah, they do. It's allowed. We can have a bank account. Although, yes, I do appreciate that the 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 thought is that any interest that is earned on those bank accounts is essentially donated to charity. But it's not necessarily a good enough reason here. Yeah? I mean, if there's a bank account, a, a, a conventional bank account where interest is actually applied, then in effect, the entire bank account should actually be forbidden on the basis, on that particular principle. Yeah? You should actually put your account into completely a non-interest um, non bearing bank account. Yeah? Because interest is incidental, yeah? In interest is incidental on a current account. Um, by virtue of the interest being incidental on the current account. Uh, and if you can siphon off the interest and pay that away to charity, then that's okay. I mean, the current account is what we call permissible. Yeah? I mean, that's the logic, that's the logical type of thinking. So theoretically, if you received a payout from an insurance company, could you calculate the interest on that 
payout, yeah, and then siphon off that amount to um, charity, and would that be halal? Yeah, permissible, yeah? And these are not necessarily conversations that I've actually come across. These are not conversations that I've read in any academic writings on this particular matter. And in fact, I find a lot of the writing pretty poor um, with respect, yeah? So, so the third, so the third, um, uh, let's say, criticism that is levied, levied on conventional insurance is the fact that there exists gross uncertainty in the contract, yeah? I mean, I mean, I don't know where to begin with this one. I mean, when, when you enter a contract, okay, you, you enter the contract you know, on the understanding that, look, if X event happens, then I will get X amount, yeah? You're going into that, but the, the the arguments that I come across is, look, there is a gross uncertainty here. It may pay out or it may not pay out. I mean, at the point when I took out the contract or uh, a contract for for uh, for insurance, yeah, I knew exactly. Look, how much I need to pay, what conditions I was covered from, which condition I am covered from, yeah, the term from the point that I take out the cover to the point that the cover, let's say, expires, if any event happens during this particular period, then the money will be paid out to my estate. Yeah. I don't see any uncertainty in that. I mean, it's clear as day that the... Um, uh, clear as day in terms of what I'd be paying for, yeah. So I, but what the, the the argument the 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 thinkers on this particular area are, are, are the Islamic, um, in quotation marks here, with respect once again, um, uh, on on conventional insurance is, is the gross uncertainty because of the fact that you're paying this particular premium, in the hope that this money is going to be paid out. I mean, it's grossly uncertain that it would be paid, paid out. I mean, if, if you put it purely based on that particular argument, then yes, there is gross uncertainty because you don't know whether you are going to um, uh, receive a payout or not. Okay, but in my view, with respect, okay, the contract is still clear. It's on those particular terms that I enter into the contract. And in actual fact, there is certainty because I have that peace of mind more than anything, I'm not actually paying a premium to get a payout. I'm actually paying for the peace of mind that is actually offered or, or, or conferred by virtue of having an insurance contract. Yeah. Hope that makes sense. Yep. So we've got, um, so we've got number one, is conventional insurance like gambling? No, it isn't. Yep. Number two, is there riba? Is there interest in the insur conventional insurance contract? Yes, there may be, but it's purely incidental. It doesn't necessarily make the conventional insurance contract on that particular basis um, 
it's not a legitimate criticism in my end. That criticism doesn't actually hold up by virtue of the fact that the interest is not designed into the contract, but rather it's incidental to the contract, if that makes sense. Yeah? Because if it was designed in the contract, or if the incidental nature of it was a critical aspect of one's position on this matter, then why aren't current accounts completely forbidden? Yeah? It's not. Okay, and a third one to remind you, is there gross uncertainty? And like I said, no, there isn't any gross uncertainty here. Because when we pay a particular premium, we are paying for a, for a, a peace of mind as such. Finally, um, and this is where I do have an issue, is when insurance insurance companies take out or, or take your premiums, where are those premiums invested? Yes, I did say earlier for the large part, yes, they are actually invested in very low low risk securities. Yeah. But there could be an element of vice funds or vice equities that are invested yeah, with those particular monies. Yeah like into pornographic companies, like into arms and munition companies, yeah. Um, alcohol, you know, forbidden meat, yeah, like swine, pig meat, yeah. Um, and so forth. And those particular type of elements could be problematic, but those are more equities and uh, 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 more equity based, if anything, yeah. It's highly unlikely insurance companies would risk a significant portion of their funds into those particular entities as such yeah um, but once again <laughs> that investment if it is done it is actually incidental to the nature of the contract so what if you had exactly the same type of contract yeah the premiums are all taken yeah they're collected by the insurance company and then they invest those company uh, sorry invest those funds essentially in a ethical manner yeah would that be okay i mean i don't know the answer to that yeah i mean i i'm satisfied with my my own relationship with um uh the text here yeah so so yeah, um, the other the other aspect when it comes to when I when I when I, when I think about these these things uh, about Islamic insurance and conventional insurances and gambling, um, look when when you when you when you un, when you when you pursue the activity of gambling, let's say yeah, you get addicted to it. The addiction rate in gambling is just a, a massive social problem right now. I mean, just look at the the lower income areas in across even London. Yeah, I mean they are littered with uh, gambling houses. Yeah, betting shops. I mean they prey on people's hopes. Yeah, but what does it do to you that that activity? What it does to you is actually stops you from remembering God. Stops you from investing in yourself investing in your relationship to God and through that relationship to God you're supposed to benefit your family benefit your wider society and so forth yeah but gambling by doing that daily again and again 
it's stopping you from remembering God. It's stopping you from investing in your family, investing in your community. But when you pay a premium to an insurance company, on the contrary, yeah, you've got that peace of mind. In actual fact, you're saving your wider family and friends from the financial support that they may be called upon to make if you were to die as a breadwinner. But it makes you also sink, actually. I just thought about it right now. It's just coming to my head. I mean, if uh, if paying premiums to uh, a life insurance company is, is forbidden, I mean, can you take state benefits? You know? Because when you take state benefits, those benefits are effectively an insurance payout, right? Because you have the wider society paying into the social system, the welfare system, through their income tax, through corporation tax. Can you be in receipt of child tax credit, child benefit? Yeah. State support, disability living allowance, personal independence payments. Yeah. I mean, these are questions that you know you need to think about. Okay. I mean, what's worse? Purchasing the insurance or not purchasing the insurance unto your, you know, unto your social setting, unto your family. I mean, these are questions that you need to be satisfied with. I mean, it's not enough, in my opinion, to um, to take the opinion of any particular type of academic, yeah, any particular type of scholar, without actually questioning the rationale. For, for, for their opinion, for their position. I mean, you shouldn't be intimidated by asking fair questions. I mean, so often in the Quran, you know, you're asked to think and ponder. I mean, before you were to read anything more than the first three uh, words in the Quran, what is God telling you to do? Read, read, read. You know, so many times it tells you to think and ponder about the signs of God, yeah. And you don't just rely on the scholars. I mean, you need to become self-educated, yeah. You need to self-educate yourself on uh, the beauty of, uh, you know, the, the the text, the word, yeah, the moral arguments, the ethical positions that the religious or religious text actually takes, yeah don't uh, i mean in my opinion uh, the way the way i've uh, you know approached incredibly uh, let's say uh, uh, pivotal could be a word uh, important matters when it comes to islamic uh, thinking islamic social sciences islamic financial contracts legal contracts even yeah is to actually, you know, question, to actually think about the position that is actually being made. I mean, don't be intimidated by, you know, a big beard. Don't be intimidated by piety. You know, piety doesn't equate to intellect. Piety doesn't equate to wisdom. Piety doesn't equate to knowledge, yes. 
and vice versa. Knowledge doesn't equate to piety. Yeah. Wisdom doesn't necessarily equate to piety. So take knowledge from whoever. Take knowledge from someone who has even bad morals. Yeah. I mean, I think that one's a hadith, in fact. So, yeah. Um, hopefully, um, that's helpful. I mean, the concept of insurance, just to uh, finish up. Um, the concept of insurance is from the time of the Prophet. Sallallahu alayhi wa you know, peace be upon him. I mean, you know, uh, at the time of the Medina Constitution, now I said it without getting into the Medina Constitution, uh, but there was a social insurance there, and the social insurance was actually put in place to resolve a whole host of different issues. I mean, to play, to pay blood money, you know, to pay ransom for prisoners of war, to assist those in need. Yeah, the crops, you know, got destroyed. Know, people who who are uh, breadwinners, you know, they became ill. You know, they they lost the main breadwinner in the family because of war and disease and so forth, or, or simply because they were poor. I mean, we had, you know, Muslims had a welfare system before, as far as I can tell, you know, before any other, you know, civilization. Yeah. To that particular degree, you know, a highly advanced social welfare system, effectively like an NHS. I mean, there was something called the Bayt al-Mal there, yeah. But yeah, okay, um, so the concept of insurance, very much there within um, Islamic history. Um, my opinion, conventional insurance, uh, so number one, there is no alternative, uh, say, Islamic insurance product out there in the UK um, for life insurance for critical illness cover and the takaful let's say products out there that I've seen so far I mean I can't see how they are superior than the conventional insurance yeah or because they appear to have a certificate saying Sharia compliant or, or halal or something yeah? it does in terms of the benefit that I'm saying um, I'm not just talking about the benefit to the consumer but I'm also talking about the benefit to society yeah? I, I can't necessarily see how is that that much more beneficial yeah okay maybe I'll do a, a, a vlog on the carful I did once, you know, the 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 careful, you know, product out here, and I did question it in terms of how exactly the takaful product, you know, different from a conventional product. I mean, in terms of the structure, okay. Um, and, and the scholar couldn't answer me. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, scholars. Um, what can I say? have a lot of respect for any academic type of viewpoint I mean um, but respect in the sense that you've seen a genuine uh, effort for them to sorry have let me rephrase that have a a respect uh, for you know honest academic effort honest scholarly effort 
people have differences of opinion, differences of opinion is okay. But you, know, in, you need to be confident enough to question it. I'm not saying argue, but think about you know, some questions and trust yourself to actually ask those questions, have the confidence to ask those questions. And you know, I see it so many times when my teacher used to say to me, I mean, I'm just rambling now, but I mean, my, one of my teachers once said, um, uh, he said, look, we have so many highly qualified doctors, highly qualified engineers, highly qualified scientists, yeah. I mean, from when they have such academic brilliance, yeah. But when it comes to matters of religion, they become stupid. Yeah, they, they, they don't question. They don't question what their what their uh, the books that they read, yeah. Some of the books that they read, you know, the they don't question the imam. They don't question the the the, the traditional type of thought within their community, you know, on the basis that you know, this area of knowledge is somehow you know sacred. It shouldn't be questioned. This is wrong, in my humble view. Yeah. I mean, it's important to question. It actually strengthens your faith. Okay, so signing off, Mohammed Uzzaman, ADL Wealth, slash ADL Estate Planning. Um, so yeah, my background is in uh, Islamic sciences. I did my master's in Islamic studies uh, with a particular interest in theology and Islamic jurisprudence. I'm also a trust and estate practitioner and also a uh, and also qualified in regulated financial planning and investment management. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye.